0: welcome to the Her International Film Festival podcast. My name is Molly Cantwell and I'll be your host. Throughout this season of the podcast I'll be conversing with outstanding young female filmmakers all around the world, recognising and addressing the struggle of being a female filmmaker and celebrating the future generations. Joining me this week I have Aisha and Ashley from the Galpal Collective. The Galpal Collective is an organisation dedicated to the celebration, creation and support of art by young queer folk, women and people of colour. The collective was founded by journalist and writer Ashley Chadamayo-Makombe, alongside filmmaker and visual artist Aisha Bulaji. I'll be chatting to Aisha and Ashley around the theme of the importance of solidarity and what that means to them individually and as part of the collective. So thank you so much to Aisha and Ashley for being on this episode of the podcast. Uh, these are the girls from the Gal Pal Collective. I'm very excited to be interviewing the two of them and to get down to all the questions I have written down. There's a lot of them, so bear with. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? So sorry, I'll let you go with whichever order that you want to go in. Just tell me a little bit about yourselves.
1: Um, yeah, I no, uh, my name is Ashley. I'm currently a journalism student at TU Dublin. I'm a writer. Um, I produce occasionally former theater kid, so everything about the arts is, is, a, is my favorite thing. I love everything about it. And yeah, I guess that's kind of it's kind of me.
2: <laughs> so my name's Aisha and I'm co-founder of the Galpa Collective with Ashley. I run the visual arts team, but I mainly focus on filmmaking and creative writing and producing.
0: but yeah, definitely just mainly a filmmaker love films. Perfect. So, a little bit, if you could tell me a little bit about the Galpal Collective then as well. I'm so excited to be learning about this amazing project the two of you are working on, the Galpal Collective. If you could uh, just tell us, uh, the listeners, a little bit about what the Galpal Collective is. So,
2: the Galpal Collective is an arts and media collective dedicated to the celebration, curation, and creation of works by people of colour, queer folk and young women within Ireland and even outside of Ireland because not all of us are based in Ireland
0: and just a space for us to just make whatever we want and to collaborate. Amazing, it's such an amazing collective, it's so exciting to have a space like this to work in. What inspired you guys to start this collective?
1: There was like a couple like little things and Mm -hmm. to be fair right on our end it was a very sporadic decision <laughs> it was really just a message like we were just texting one man we we're like oh we could actually just do this and just did it we were we used to be part of a filmmaking group and it was really great and right. we enjoyed it but we found that a lot of the times when we went into creative spaces that like it would be so like straight white male dominated and our voice and our vision and yeah our creative talents were always just constantly being ignored or there was like this pressure to dull the message of what we were trying to say to make other people feel more comfortable and it just got to a point where we were like oh I don't like doing that anymore I don't like changing who I am to suit other people and I'm just as good and I'm just as talented as everybody else and it was just like this desire to have a space that would celebrate not just us but other people like us so I think we were complaining about that Um, and then I was just like oh what if we just did it I said okay (laughs) and so we did
0: and here we are Oh, it's so exciting. It's so exciting to have a space like this for people to create things and for the inclusivity and for the, you know, solidarity. And that's what our theme is this week is solidarity. And we kind of centred it around the movie Moxie. Um, So could you tell me a little bit maybe about what solidarity means to you and what solidarity means to the collective?
2: Mm, I think like definitely with the collective in terms of solidarity, I, even though we're a creative space we're also a safe space for us to freely create and that we want to show that we're kind of a community at the same time because we're at an age where we can really choose who our community is because you kind of grow up and your community is given to you but right now you can create your own community and you can build solidarity with other people who think like you or other people who just have the same values that you do as well and even like the same drive so I think like that's very important for the collective in terms of solidarity for us and also that we just support each other is the is the main thing that like we that we try our best not to kind of build this culture where there's a lot of like gatekeeper anything we always send opportunities to each other's way which is super important and you give people chances to like try new things as well and I just think that it's, like, so important that, like, everyone on the team kind of, like, has each other's back as, like, a creative, whether it be, like, through constructive criticism, because that's never easy to take, but, like, it's still there because everyone wants to be a better writer or a better visual artist or, like, improve business-wise as well. So, yeah, I think that's kind of, like, how Solidarity would, like, run through Galpal, And even just, like, I think even, like, being a collective within, like, in the kind of like Dublin space or the Irish space is the fact that kind of other collectives like Girl Media, Grupa and like even like Girl Code like they'd all kind of like support us in like their own little ways like we'd all comment on each other's stuff so it's really great to see that there's kind of like this mutual understanding that like everyone wants to see everyone succeed even on like outside of the collective on like a wider scale as well.
0: It's so important obviously as young women in the in the industry that's so male-dominated to have each other's backs, to see the collective supporting each other and organisations supporting each other is really an amazing thing to see, especially on an online world that can be so negative to have that solidarity is so important, I think. So I was just going to ask you, um, you kind of touched on a little bit um, about kind of opportunities and, you know, offering to their opportunities and stuff. Obviously, I know that you've been very kind of, inv- Aisha have been very involved in the Her International Film Festival as well. So just wondering how they kind of do they let ever lend themselves to each other? These collectives and the film festivals. Like I know you're involved in a lot of other festivals as well, and how they kind of lend themselves to each other. Um, I think
2: like the the main part for me is kind of like. I would like even with her like some of the some of the gal pals are on the jury at the moment which is really exciting and kind of I think my work in gal pal also like informs the work that I got to do with her and like how I got to get involved with like diff and like helping it with like helping it a tiny bit with chroma and stuff like that I, I've kind of like gained all these new skills in like talking to people and in like team management and organization just through like running gal pal and through like Having the support of like my friends there and like they kind of like support me in like all these other things that I do as well. That's kind of how like how those interlink too. And I think for the most part, even when it comes to like kind of like different opportunities that pop up, like it's always super cool when people like reach out to be like, hey, like we've seen you guys in Galpal, like would you want to like get involved in this super cool thing? Or like we get <laughs> involved with other kind of creatives in different ways as well who aren't always in Galpal, We'll try like collaborate with different filmmakers on a project. Or like me and Ashley did a music video and like a lot of the crew weren't part of Galpal, but like that's because it's very like early on as well. But like it was kind of super cool to to give like, let's say, for example, like someone who's on the writer's team, a chance to like be on a film set or something like that. And just kind of to see, like, hey, do you like doing this? Or like, is this like something you'd also want to venture into as well? Yeah, I feel like a lot of the time, like sometimes like creatives can be like a bit scared to be like multidisciplinary. And I think like it's obviously it's not for everyone, but I feel like in Galpa, like we really do encourage that to like explore different different art forms and to explore different ways to express yourself and to keep yourself informed as an artist and as like anyone in the media or as like a journalist as well because it's so good to know kind of what's happening within your space and like our space is like the creative scene in Ireland and like we want to be like as involved in that and as like I don't know as helpful
0: in that (laughs) I find it so interesting how they all like how everything lends themselves to each other that's what actually what I was going to ask Ashley next as well is um I know I've read your background about being involved in history and now journalism student very much like myself growing up as a theatre kid as well so I just wanted to ask you about that then about your side of it the journalism and the theatre and how that lends itself to the to the collective and then to filmmaking as well
1: yeah, like when I describe it to people, like even to me, it doesn't seem like a pairing that made sense, but um, I find that my background like a very symbiotic relationship. I've always been a writer, like writers, writing is the thing that I've loved. And um, like, then I got to study classical studies in secondary school, which was like the perfect mix of, oh, I get to do all of the writing that you kind of do in English and history, but I'm also reading plays and books and novels and talking about these poets and stuff and that has allowed me to come into this creative space from a writer's point of view so everything that I write always has that more like creative slant I've never been one that's huge into like hard serious <laughs> news but I still like writing and I still like writing about what's happened and I've managed to find that niche of like talking about creative like plays and movies and cultures and like what's going on and it's it's still writing, like it's still journalism. And Galpal has given me the space to like develop that skill, but also to teach other people how to do that. I find a lot of people don't go into journalism because they think, oh, it's all just like sports reporting or hard news reporting. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It just, that doesn't work for a lot of people. So it's been great to even show other people like, no, you can continue to do what you love. You can continue to carve your path. There's that space there for you. And I think, yeah, Galpal has really shown a lot lot of book and still write like you can still be a journalist the journalist that you want to be you don't have to fit into the box of what is expected a journalist to be which is really nice
0: so um just in terms of the collective and um working as you know young women in an industry that is so male-dominated as I've said before why do you think that a space like this is so important
2: I think, like, a lot of the time, like, when it comes to, like, even, like, being in film school myself, that, like, a lot of the time you see women not wanting to put their foot forward because they've got, like, I don't know, just, just like, the culture of film is is so male-dominated and the fact that, like, the whole creative industry is so male-dominated. But it's kind of like you don't want to put your foot forward because you, because you're kind of scared of being judged and not being good enough. And you already feel like you're at a disadvantage because, like, there's so few people who look like you within that and like sometimes as like because me and Ashley are obviously both black women as well in the creative industry it's kind of like you have this pressure to like do extremely well and you have this pressure to kind of like exceed like your own limits and exceed limits that like your white and male counterparts wouldn't have placed on them so it's kind of like you're you're in like a constant state of like overachievement But obviously with Galpal, I'm so proud of like what everyone has achieved, but it also takes away the pressure that they can also just freely create and that they can make mistakes within this space and they won't be so harshly judged for it. They won't be so like condemned for it and they won't be, you know, like when I create with Galpal, I'm not, you know, the token black woman. Cause, like, we're literally, like, a group of who would come from, like, marginalized backgrounds or whatever you'd want to call it. You kind of just get to create, like, as you are. And, like, yes, sometimes, like, my work can focus on, like, how is your part of, like, the Black experience. But, like, other times it can focus on, like, silly things or, like just anything I want to speak about but I feel like outside of Galpal there can be this like um notion that because of who I am and what I talk about sometimes that like oh like I'll need to like constantly be talking about black issues or racism or black trauma which is really like unfair as a creative to be so boxed in just because like you were born black and you care about black issues but that seems like symbiotic to me even from like a to take away like the whole black land for gal as a whole for women as well i think like i think like even like being surrounded by the female gaze we do have um some guys on the team actually which people are always surprised about but um but being surrounded by uh, the female gaze is such a beautiful thing and like it, it's just something that you don't get to see all the time like just getting to see like all the beautiful things like these amazing young women create like it inspires me to do better and like even like even in like art forms that I would have known like nothing about like um I think Yeah, Aisha was the first uh, graphic designer we brought on and her her art is just stunning. And like, I would have known nothing about graphic design really until I met Aisha and like kind of like the way that you can be so creative with it and that it can be so stunning and so evocative as well. And it's really great that she got to have a space where she could like create freely within like the realms of graphic design and like really like use it as an expressive art form. But yeah, I think that's me answering the
0: question. I hope so. (laughs) That's perfect. I'd hop over to Ashley and see if you have anything to add.
1: Yeah, it's really just like I think with Galpal, I didn't realize how exhausting it is to never be around people who look like you and who sound like you and who who live the same experience as you, especially in a creative space, because so much of what we make is based off of our own personal experience, and when you're around people who have never like walked that road, it's really terrifying to want to create because you're like, oh, my entire experience is being judged and it's being critiqued by people who don't get it, by people who the art isn't for. So yeah, like I just said, to do that without that pressure, we're just making what we make when we want to make it, and not worrying about oh, will this person like it and that person like it because we're making it for ourselves. And um, it's such a culture shock. Like even me and Aisha said it, whenever we've um, worked on sets or we worked with other people that like in, in spaces that are more like white male dominated like more straight white male dominated. It's such a shock to both of us because we're not used to working within that space anymore. We're so used to being in more diverse and accepting spaces. So um, it's, it's really nice to have a place to come back to um, where you're, you feel like you're not being judged but your art and your talent is always appreciated. I love
0: everything that you both just said just sounds so amazing um I know there's so obviously so much that has come from the collective already that you guys have spoken about you know that the space that you have when you have created is so amazing but is there anything that you would like to really see come from the collective or any like goals or dreams that you have for it
2: For me, I definitely think, like, it would be more like the film production side, which is something that we're we're working towards as well, that we kind of want to, like, do more, like, film projects on, like, larger scales, because obviously we started during covid so a lot of like our films or things that like we made in our rooms or made with our friends and kind of like develop that further and to kind of like push it further creatively and like be more ambitious with our ideas and our concept. Because like you do kind of have a team of people who are really willing to put in like 100% to like make good art and make things they care about. So I think like, yeah, that'd be for me. I and mean, it is definitely moving towards like the film production side of things.
1: Yeah for me it would be more I would love to be credited as like a proper organization and like like a real publication I think very much because not just because we're women because we're black but also because we're young a lot of people don't see us as serious contenders and I would love to get to that point where no like a byline like to say oh I wrote for the Galpa collective means something that that's something that opens doors for people um yeah that's my dream. So as like
0: viewers or consumers of media, is there any kind of steps we can take or is there anything we can do to encourage like a more diverse and inclusive industry or more diverse and inclusive spaces? I think this
2: seems like so simple, but watching films from by people who don't look like you, reading articles by people who don't look like you. Because I know for the long, obviously like there isn't the same amount, but for the longest time there was this excuse that like, oh, but like, there's no films by black people. There's no lifestyle, but there is, <laughs> there's articles, there's lifestyle, but they're not being given the same support. And obviously it's great that like we have new and emerging artists, but it's also kind of like looking out for the ones who really honed, like who honed the way, who, I don't know if that's correct saying the ones who establish themselves as some of the best like freaking I'm just using black as an example because I'm black but obviously like that's not the only marginalized group in the world who kind of opened up the doorways for other black creatives and like who kind of said hey like if I can make this like you can also make something or just like kind of educate like just educate educating yourself on like black media and listening to black people when they speak about the media that they most prefer or like speak about the the films and TV shows that most resonate with them because sometimes something will have a cast of Black people and you'll suddenly see on Twitter it being dragged by the Black po- populace because it didn't resonate with them because it wasn't targeted towards them. It wasn't marketed towards them. It was something that was either made to mock them or to literally um just like revel in their trauma, which can be very very terrifying and very like I think even like just if the only time you are seeing people on color and screen is when they're in pain that's an issue as well that's a major issue because I think that desensitizes us to what's what they're actually feeling and I feel like a lot of like the popular media even though they can be absolutely stunning films and really well made but if the only time you're seeing them on screen is when they're in pain that's an issue like I know for me like I can't like I can't sit down and watch 12 Years a Slave I can't sit down and watch Django Unchained I like struggle to watch Moonlight even though that's a stunning film but just the fact that there's always so much trauma associated with the black experience that it's like oh you should expect this but that's not necessarily true like I feel like you know black people deserve to be happy they deserve to be goofy they deserve to be like everything and anything in this entire world and not just limited to the to like kind of the ramifications of racism or limited to kind of how how it is being like working class as well I think that there's so many other stories that can be told and that are being told but are often ignored
1: it sounds really stupid like to say it but I like she's right it's it's just about yeah consuming art by people who don't look like you and sound like you mm-hmm. um like and I can guarantee you anything that you like there's something by like a person of color or by gay people, et cetera, et cetera, that you will like just as much. Like if you mm-hmm. like Harry Potter, you will love reading Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adiyami. <laughs> There's so many different um, like across genres. Like if you like something, it's so easy to go find people of color and like other marginalized communities who've made something around that same genre that I know for a fact you'll like so it's just about opening Google and searching for it but it's there and when your friends recommend stuff to you or if you see it on Twitter like I know for me I discovered the show We Are Lady Parts on Twitter and it's like a six episode series and I loved it and that was just because of the internet and I've been telling all my friends go watch it not just because it's a good show but it's by muslim women of color like go watch the show go support so listen to your friends when they also recommend things that have diverse casting because it's not just enough to to like support on the internet like we want these things to continue we want these shows to get second seasons we want these movies to be turned into franchises like we we, we don't just want one-offs anymore because it's it's not enough I'm going to move on
0: to a section of the podcast that we do every week that is um, very affectionately named the Mumblecore question after our executive producer, Katie, um, because of the first episode of the podcast we did that was an absolute scream. So, what I'm going to ask is I might start with Ashley first. What film or genre or character embodies you or your personality?
1: You know, this is an interesting one, right? Because I'm actually watching Sex and the City and in my head, I've always been a Carrie. I think I'm Samantha and that's kind of terrifying. So at the moment, I'm a Samantha from Sex and the City.
0: Can you uh, explain it more? Give us more of a flesh it out a little bit.
1: <laughs> I, don't know, I just thought I had a bit more sense, but I thought It doesn't exist. I don't um but I think Samantha's also one like the loudest one but two the one who's like the most experimental I guess like she's very much like oh this is cool let me go try that and I've been trying to be a lot more adventurous um not just in life but also in work to try out new things so yeah I'd say I'm a Samantha. A good answer I like that answer. <laughs> I move on to Aisha.
2: That's a hard one I would think that's like in deep thought um genre I don't know um Oh, my God. I imagine if I said tragedy. No. (laughs) But I don't know, like, maybe because I'm in my 20s, you know, like, kind of like those rom-com vibes, those early 2000 rom-coms. Oh, my God, like, 13 going on 30 vibes. (laughs) When she's, like, all grown up and living in New York and her life is super messy, but also super exciting. I don't know. Devil Wears Prada. We'll go with we'll go with early two thousands rom coms. I think that very niche specific kind of vibe I, I very much resonate with and relate to. Um I, but without I, like the love interest part, it's so weird because I'll be so interested in what they're doing and then they bring in the love interest and I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, like, I an oscillators. <laughs> it's just the lives that they get to live are very fun and like kinda like all the silliness that happens in their life as well I really relate to
0: I love that I've said it before on the podcast that um, rom-coms are like my favorite genre of film because they're just so silly and perfect I think it really encaptures being in your early 20s definitely Mm. I like that I love both of those answers very good answers to our mumble core question. Okay I'm gonna head on to kind of talk a little bit about well this is a section where we kind of gush over films and talk about inspirations and all that kind of exciting stuff so the kind of more free part of the podcast so you both have such interesting backgrounds and uh despite both being so young and still students um you know you've gotten involved in so much I'm actually very envious of how much you guys have been involved in and you're both younger than me so uh, that says a lot but uh Could you tell me a bit about your experiences in the industry?
2: I think for me, it was just a lot of um, trial and error and like kind of like getting just like hopping on every opportunity (laughs) as like, like earlier on, like obviously I can't do that now because like things get busy and you get like over, like and you just end up overloading yourself. But I think like kind of like, I got into my first year of Phil and I was so intimidated by everyone. And so like in awe of everyone at the same time that I was like, oh my God, like I need to like up my game like constantly. So I think it was just kind of like getting on-set experience where I could, and kind of just like learning from my friends was a big thing, and kind of like seeing what films they were interested in, like watching more films that kind of were like that kind of were like out of what I, my comfort zone, or like just just trying to learn more and like read more. Like I started reading a lot of nonfiction when I started college. Because I feel like um you kind of get to like a very creative space and suddenly people are referencing all these different things and like they're reading all these different books and I was like, oh my goodness, like I really have to like catch up. But it was, it was such a, it was such a worthwhile experience because I think like my whole focus has been like on being informed as an artist. I kinda said something like just being informed in general, like creatively with the media I consume is super important to me. And I think even, like, when it comes to, like, working more in the industry, I don't know, because I'm still a student, I haven't got, like, that much experience, but I would, like, PA'd on, like, a few sets or, like, helped out on sets for my friends and stuff like that. And then, like, did more kind of not necessarily general, like, actual, like, filmmaking, like, even with her last year, got involved in that, and that was super fun and, like, got to give, like, different talks about, like, diversity in film and stuff like that that I think is just super just kind of like working on things that are like important to me and like just kind of trying new things out as well because I also did um, music videos for JMU Toby and Topkick and I never thought I'd like venture into music videos but that was like another really cool experience for me and like I remember I got to help it on set with like Irish Country Magazine when they did like uh when Oyenza there was doing a spread and that was super like it was just like it was just like super great to be able to learn from all these different creatives even if they weren't in like my exact field or whatever it's just kind of seeing how they work and how they like how they kind of like pursue their vision and stuff like that was super interesting yeah I suppose just like getting involved and like talking to different people has always just been my main thing and seeing like oh where I can help out or lend a hand or like and I try to work on my own stuff as much as I can, because like being in college, I feel like I have a bit more leeway to do that and like experiment a bit more because I'm not like stuck in like the typical like nine to five at the moment, because obviously college is a priority. Yeah, I think that's kind of been like my experience in the industry so far. Brilliant. Move over to Ashley.
1: Um, mine? It's so weird because I all like it. So I started I like as a writer. When I was younger, like I was obsessed with fairy tales and fairy books like I've always said my favorite movie is the 1997 Rogers and Cinderella with Rodney and Whitney. So I started getting into like writing that way. And when I was like six or seven, I can't quite remember. And um, I had, I think, a couple poems and a short story that was done in two parts published in a magazine in a newspaper. Then I found myself, I always, for some reason, I decided I wanted to be a pop star and never actually went for it. But I found myself in any project that I got involved in. Like in 2016, I performed at the, like the 1916 like, commemorations in the St. Enders for Michael D. And then like two years later, we did the Gazam Logs up in um, the Civic Theater. And I found myself, like in any project that I did, I was always writing bits. If it was poetry, if it was um, helping out writing music, I wrote a song for the Gazam Logs. And it wasn't until, like, I went, wait, you actually like writing. Why don't you just do writing? (laughs) It would solve all of your problems. Um, And then, yeah, I got to college and doing bits and pieces there. I do a lot of community work, a lot of community theater and community engagement. So if I wasn't taking part in projects, I would be helping out at projects. And then, yeah, then just got into film. I'd help Aisha on set. I'd produce a lot for her. Yeah, and the the process of producing for another short film is helping out like whenever I see something interesting I'll be like oh I'll, I'll just go do that I don't know if it'll work out or not but let me just try it because my mom is to just, just do everything and if something sticks it sticks so yeah it's been like a weird weird road to hear doing yeah just bits and bobs here and there but yeah
0: you both have such interesting backgrounds and such interesting things that you're involved in it's honestly amazing keep keep doing what you're doing because it sounds like it's working for you <laughs> So in terms of, I suppose, kind of women in the industry, in the fields that you're in, what women inspire you the most?
2: Um, I think for me, like a major inspiration would be like Cheryl Obviously, She did the Watermelon Woman because she's queer and she's Black. And like, I hadn't seen something like that from like a queer Black perspective ever and I kind of like discovered that film on Canopy like by ch- by chance, like when I was in first year film and I was like, wow, this is like so sick. <laughs> she's like, and it wasn't like a story that was kind of rooted in trauma or anything. It was just kind of like, it was quirky. It was super fun. And like, I really just admired that. I really love on like the upside end of the spectrum. I really love Andrea Arnold. Like one of my favorite films would be like American Honey. I think she's so extremely talented. And then kind of like more on the Irish scene of filmmaking Vanessa Gildea like she's one of my lecturers as well and like she did this short film The White Dress and then she did like another thing for like RTE's Culture Night and it's just kind of like the like it's it's very like unapologetically Irish everything she does and I really respect that another really good short by an Irish woman would be uh, The Door by Juanita Wilson I think it was like I think it was nominated for an Oscar a few years ago but even kind of like seeing her kind of like Get to be kind of um, get to be Irish, but also kind of bringing in kind of like an international narrative as well was super inspiring because obviously you have that duality there with nationality. Um, other women who inspire me in film definitely just also my friends who are women in film. Every two seconds I'll be like, "Women in film for no reason," just because I'm like, "Guys, remember we're women in film and it's really cool." Oh gosh, my mind's going a bit blind. And I'm trying to think oh my goodness this is such like a staple answer but obviously Miss Greta Gerwig what can I say little women made me cry ladybird came out when I was like 17 years old so I was I was like wow (laughs) like I'm just relating I'm I'm having a great time here but yeah Ava DuVernay as well like her documentaries are so poignant and so kind of hard-hitting and even like her her series and when they see us that was one of the most heart-wrenching things I've ever watched it's just like I think when it comes to kind of um exploring like that side of the Black experience she does it so well and kind of with so much respect for the history and for the pain that like a lot of Black American people have gone through as well but yeah I think those would be like my main like inspirations when it comes to female filmmakers or not even inspiration actually yeah inspiration because they inspire me like maybe not creatively but just um, motivate me as a a filmmaker to want to like aspire to be more like them or to kind of like control spaces the way that they do as well
0: um I actually that's so strange I studied the white dress before as well for uh, in one of my classes when I was in um doing a PLC so that's really interesting <laughs> let's use your lecture I love that um I'll move on to Ashley
1: okay I'll start with Shonda Rhimes obviously I've always been obsessed with it like The Princess Diaries 2 is one of my favorite movies and I didn't know that she wrote that until recently so that was fun to find it and then We Are Grey's Anatomy fans and This House, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder so Shonda Rhimes definitely is one of them Michaela Coyle like, like chewing them, was such a pivotal moment of like my adolescence. um I'm obsessed with that tv show I think she's a genius and um I made a story it was a stunning tv show like it's just so beautifully made more recently Issa Rae I love Insecure and any other like what I love finding out like oh she wrote this episode oh she helped produce that like it's such a like a cute little easter egg thing I think Issa Rae is super super talented as Aisha said Ava DuVernay is amazing um I loved When They See Us I love like her dog she's just like such a creative storyteller and then Toni Morrison is my favorite author of all time like I've never read anybody who has and I don't know if anybody will ever write as good as she does and Beloved is my favorite novel she's it's just she she writes pieces even when it's talking about things like slavery and things like uh, racism and oppression like you don't leave feeling like sad like it's very hopeful and welcoming and like warming tone to everything that she did Uh, yeah Shantae Joseph then she's a journalist in the UK who I love she's like 24 and it's crazy how successful she is so yeah like Aisha said um even if I don't it's not necessarily like the work that's the thing that inspires me their work ethic and how they all continued to push and to break barriers in their field um inspires me so yeah those are mine. Brilliant thank you guys so
0: much um and then I'm gonna kind of try and wrap it up in the next few questions because we've been talking for so long <laughs> I don't want to uh keep you guys on for too long just in terms of getting involved in the collective or in collectives like it is there a way that young women or young people of color young queer people can get involved in any of these collectives um I know for Gallup we usually
2: have like open applications and stuff but I know we're <laughs> closing our applications for a little while just because there's so many of us yeah. and we we're like down like there's 22 think, of us now
1: I think but, we left the link in there to just yeah. so if people are interested they can go and apply and when we are taking applicants like we'll maybe go through that and we'll put out like a call um but um I think like even in general I don't think anyone should be because
2: I know like even recently in college like I I joined like a writers group and stuff like that so I don't think they should ever feel like oh like I don't know, I'm, I'm a big believer of just, like, taking the step yourself, like, if you're, like, oh, like, Galpal isn't taking any people right now, if there's even a case of, like, oh, I want to, like, start something with my friends, and then, like, we can collaborate with them, like, we so be you down, or, like, if, like, there's even, like, at least spaces, I'm trying to think, like, there's Ooh, I'm trying to think but like I don't know I think like even just setting up your own space is perfectly cool and so okay and like so doable mm-hmm. and like, I think like you can even like cater it towards your own niches and stuff like that because obviously like Ashley's a journalist and I'm in film so like we very much focus on that but obviously the art world isn't just within those kind of two small areas it like goes it expands to such a bigger thing so I think that like if any young women ever be like oh like I feel like I need a space never be afraid to create that space because there will be other people who want to join you and like to help you and like support you and just create with you as well because like there's so many creative people I think in Dublin and in Ireland as a whole that I think should be celebrated and should be brought together as well um, but yeah, I think like even with Galpal, we like we kind of obviously since we're like we're fairly young, we're like we're twenty. No, I meant the collective. Oh, like, the
1: collective. We're not even one yet. Like we're we'll yeah, we're not even one September.
2: yet. We're fairly we're fairly fresh. Um, but even with stuff like that, because I know for the future we always talk about like wanting to like collaborate more with different creatives. You might not necessarily be members of the collective, but like kind of do that on a larger scale and kind of like work with different young women or young queer people or more people of color and kind of to see where that kind of takes us because it's not like not everyone couldn't commit to the collective as a whole because kind of like everyone's constantly working on something but even if it was like oh like I have this once-off thing that I want to get involved in with you guys like we're always open to Listening to people and hearing people out or like just working on like a one-off thing for someone. Definitely if like someone wants a space like Dal PAL, create it. Like, do it. Like just even if it's like a college sock or something like that. Like just go for it.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much. Right. I'm gonna ask you our final question that we ask on every podcast. Mm. Um this is gonna be a hard one. I'm sorry in advance. If you had to pick one, what's the film that truly got you into film? I'm going to go with Aisha first for that and I'm going to change it to like maybe piece of writing or something along those lines for Ashley. I literally think me and Ashley have the same answer for this. And this is why. <laughs> this is why my
2: co-founders it's literally roger hammerstein's cinderella with brandy and whitney houston i seen that as a kid on disney cinema magic and my life changed i was like a black cinderella miss whitney houston i don't know like obviously i wish i could give like a more like cool and like um kind of more artsy answer but i'd be lying <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> I seen that film when I was a little black girl, and I was like, I want to make fairy tales. I want to be in that world. I want to like tell stories like that. Like that's why I think that like me and Ashley have such a mutual understanding. We may disagree about some things, but oh. Roger Hammerstein's Cinderella is is is, oh. is 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 like literally the ground we built this friendship on
1: and it's not even I think a lot of people think that it's just not a good movie but it's actually a good movie like if you were to look at it and analyze it and look at the writing and like the creative direction it holds up like that's why we love it so much it's it's, it's not just that oh it was like a fairy tale like it was brilliantly made but also you could see yourself represented in all of yeah. the characters because imagine were- like cinderella had braids, <laughs> I had braids. <laughs> like i, I even think- that did so much for my confidence as like a little girl i was me and my sister were the only two black kids the entire time we were in primary school and like i needed to see that like i needed to know oh princesses can have braids
2: yeah and like it only took like that's why i keep saying like representation is so important it is so important because we literally latched
1: on to one princess (laughs) we latched on to one princess because the princess and the frog didn't even come out until like yeah maybe late primary school if not early secondary school so like he was a frog for most of the movie so mm-hmm. like brandy was really <laughs> all we have <laughs> yeah but that's like it's kind of like
2: oh like even if it's just like one small thing and the fact that like brandy herself was also like more darker skinned as well is something you don't see anymore when it comes to like portraying like young women in these fantasy roles mm-hmm. and kind of in these kind of
1: whimsical and like beautiful roles as well like all the women were so fat like even if you look at Whoopi or Whitney like in in the older Cinderella they would have been like the older like woman and they they weren't seen as as glamorous but like I can say like even the reason my mom loves that film because she's like those were women my age who looked stunning and they weren't like old and they weren't like you know you know like the typical like granny type characters Mm -hmm. like they were very much fabulous at that age too yeah just stunning film. I'm going to have to go and watch it again after this.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go straight to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Is there anything now that you want to plug before we kind of wrap up? I don't know if there's anything we could talk about just yet. Yeah, because we
2: might be under certain embargoes, but exciting oh. things. Are- <laughs>
0: okay,
2: think- okay, well,
0: we'll pop oh, no. your uh, socials in the uh, um, podcast description. Yeah. And... We'll get people to keep up to date with things. If you're not allowed to say anything yet, we're not gonna force you. <laughs> we'll we just get people, anything. you know, keep up to date.
2: We can't say anything quite yet, but like
1: it's 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 an exciting
2: time. Second like half
1: of the year is going to be fun. Like you'll see a lot of stuff from Galpal.
2: Yeah, so it should be, it should be really good.
1: We're um, now those people, you know, those YouTubers who are like, I'm doing something exciting, but I can't talk about it. And yeah, I and then
2: it. we'll just <laughs> drop a makeup line like next week. We're not doing a Galpal makeup line. You're not <laughs> no, to get that out there that is not in the plans not yet not yet, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, i don't know <laughs> who knows who knows i don't want to jinx myself and then like next year i'm like oh my god gal pal eyeshadow palette <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, was- you never know anything could come from it mm. so we'll leave your socials in the um podcast description and people have to follow along to see what's coming because now i'm really excited as well mm. exciting things are coming you know everyone always posts that on instagram like when they have like a project in the works mm. yeah but exciting things are coming mm. i can tell i don't even know what they are and i can tell <laughs> so thank you guys so so much for coming on it's been a pleasure talking to you um it's, oh, it's you've both had such incredible answers to all of my questions and I'm excited for the listeners to hear this one, definitely. So thank you both so much. I'll leave your um socials in the description of the podcast, as like I said, and make sure to follow them along. Keep an eye on these two. They're something really special. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you so much to Ashley and Aisha for joining me this week. Links to their social media will be available in the description of this podcast and links to the Galpal Collective social media as well. A big thank you to Ethan Sweeney, our wonderful producer and composer of the music you've heard throughout the episode, Dara Hogan, the editor of this week's pod, and Katie Lee Lynch, our executive producer. Please do tune back in for our next episode, which will be announced on our social medias. I have been and will continue to be Molly Cantwell, and thank you for listening.